Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They Craft Beer Radio, episode 488, on Saturday, January 26th, 2019. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the show. This is Craft Beer Radio, the show where we drink beers and describe what we taste and do what we do. We've been doing it for a very long time, and we're not going to stop anytime soon. There you go. What do we have, Jeff? What's that? What do we have? What do we have? We have a series of beers. I think a couple of these you brought back from your trip to Arizona. We have one from Mike. We have uh, two that I picked up. Let's start with this one. This is the one we drank in that pre-show last Mm -hmm. time. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it quite a bit. This is from Straub. This is a 20 Rock, referring to the 20 state forests of Pennsylvania. And the fire wardens that protect the forests. Ooh. So. Thank you, fire wardens. Yeah, so this is a Doppelbach. And Straub is the kind of a regional brewery. Mm -hmm. They make Straub beer. And, you know, the last probably five or six years, they've expanded their craft line pretty thoroughly. And... Uh, some of the stuff we've had, uh, still like lots of traditional styles. Yeah, lots it's, of lagers. Very German, right? Yeah, German influenced and, and, yep. and German forward. Uh, so this is seven percent alcohol by volume, twenty-two IBU. The malts are Munich caramel wheat and black, hopped uh, pretty simply with just Hillertau, just for bitterness. Uh, they use a North American lager yeast. Okay. Yeah. So the beer pours uh, very clear. Has kind of a brown ruby type color to it. Pours kind of with a tan head. It's got nice melanoidins on the aroma. Yeah, you're getting great aromas from like the Munich malt. And then, you know, it it has kind of that rich. I wouldn't expect this, you know, after seeing the kind of setup they have at Straub, I wouldn't expect Mm -hmm. this is like decocted or anything like that. Maybe it is. Maybe they brewed this like on the pilot system and you know did that. It's hard to say. Decocting would be decoction is kind of that decoction mash process, which is popular in a Doppelbach, where um, it's a historical process. It was a process when you had um, under modified grains, which means grains without a lot of enzymes in them, or at least not the right kinds of enzymes, where you would have to heat your mash. As it goes to um, pre- to to get the enzymatic action. To, yeah, to you need place. the you need the enzymes that work at the lowest temp- lower temperature first. If you start enzymes at the, if you start a mash at a high temperature, it's going to denature the lower functioning lower temperature functioning enzymes, and they won't do their jobs. Mm-hmm. So when you have like ancient grains, current brewing grains today are modif- or they work. At kind of a at one temperature, you don't have to do a step mash. They've been artificially selected. Yeah. Um, historically, mashing you had to start at one temperature, move it up to another temperature, and potentially move it even up to a third temperature. Uh, you could imagine in the days when your mash tun was wooden vessel, you can't really direct fire that. Mm-hmm. So decoction mass, decoction mashing, is a process for that, where you're doing your mash, you scoop out some of your mash with a ladle, you put it on the fire. And heat it up to boiling, and you put the boiling liquid liquor and solids back into the mash and stir it to raise the temperature of the mash. 
it's kind of like proofing the opposite of proofing. Okay. Uh, where, where you, if you, um, I think it's called proofing. I think I'm right about that. Uh, if you have some eggs. Okay. Uh, you tempering, don't, tempering. Tempering. Thank you. If you don't want to get your your eggs to scramble, mm-hmm. uh, you have some egg stuff. You don't want to throw it directly into a hot thing because you because your eggs will scramble. What you want to do is take a little bit of the hot stuff, mm-hmm. mix it in with your eggs to bring them up to a temperature so right. that they. That's the same slowly. kind of thing, except you know, with this, you're actually using the the mash, the grains, and the mm-hmm. liquid to be the thing that gets heated up, right? Uh, you know, you wouldn't want, you could add hot water, but you would dilute your mash at that point, right? So it's, you know, not as desirable. You could maybe... Use stones, right? You could use you could hot put, stones. Uh, that's typically what's always used in a boil. I don't, I'm not familiar with people mm-hmm. putting hot stones in a mash. Um, and I, I suppose, you know, you could um, drain some liquid off of the mash, heat that up and put that in and not... But uh, I'm guessing that heat actually heating up the grains, you have more mass there, more so you have better thermal transfer. You're right. And um, it just might be, you know, it's a process. And so one of the side effects you get from a decoction mash is you get these melanoidin generation, right? Because you're boiling grains, mm-hmm. so you're, you're creating sugars and caramelization on the, on the mash, and then you're putting it back in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, decoction, double decoction, triple decoction are just kind of describing how many times they've done that process. And, you know, a, a good rule of thumb is the more times it's decocted, Kind of the more rich and bready and melanoidy that'll be. Think of celebrator versus a lighter Doppelbach, right? The aroma has it doesn't go quite into like chocolate, but it has these these really dark bread uh, notes, like a really crusty dark bread. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the flavor for this guy, it's pretty sweet. It has a nice kind of bread slash sweet thing, right? It's not candy sweet. It's not sugary sweet. It has a good. Kind of, I don't know, sweet bread, glazed toast mm-hmm. type thing going on in it. And uh, the, the the Munich rain uh, has a great flavor here. There's something else going on there. I wonder if it's the wheat. It's, it's probably a little warm for our tasting, actually. I think it, okay. um, not that it's bad. And, and I think it, the flavors are coming through, but um, very nicely. Uh, but I almost feel like it would be even more drinkable if it was just a little bit colder. Okay. You think that's sweet? Oh, yeah, maybe if it was had a little bit more chill on it, that sweetness would kind of be a little bit flatter and mm-hmm. not as bulging on your tongue. Right, and it would be a cleaner, crisper beer. Right, that's potentially true. Uh, most of the beers we drink are ale, so we tend to get them at, at higher temperatures. Mm-hmm. But when we remember, <laughs> we try to to keep our um, our lagers relatively low. Yeah, relatively. I mean, we still like them around fifty five or so. But there's. Um, Maybe 50. There's almost like a note of strawberry jam or something in here. Yes. I, I, I see where you're coming from. It's, um, I, I especially like the jammy part. I mean, the strawberry is, um, in the eye of the beholder, I guess. But, yeah. uh, the jam part is coming through. Well, that, that sort of, uh, kind of an unctuousness that's familiar to gelatin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised to see here or, wheat was in the grain bill, and the beer is clear, so it might be filtered as well. I guess jam isn't gelatin, it's pe- pectin. Pectin, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a pretty good beer. We just wanted to get this on the show, the, mm-hmm. the Peter Straub 20 Rock. I like it a lot. I am I really like Doppelbox as a style. Mm-hmm. I wish there were more of them. 
I, I kind of didn't have high expectations for just, you know, run-of-the-mill Doppelbach. It's kind of one of those styles where, you know, the guys who do it well do it awesome. Mm-hmm. And then there's so many people that just try and fall flat. Yeah. So when I saw this one, I'm like, you know, I didn't, I also just, you know, I don't, like, I don't want to set up a brief. This <laughs> like, it's not, I don't, I feel like I'm like, I didn't give them enough credit, which I, I didn't. I guess that's mm-hmm. true, right? But it was because I just thought, you know, Doppelbach's a, a harsh thing to judge on, right? And they do it, so they do it well. It is interesting how... I mean, there are so many breweries out there. Mm-hmm. No wonder we got confused between Treehouse and Trillium. Yeah. All those hipster breweries look the same to us. All right, so let's... That was the only... Uh, traditional beer that we have on the docket for tonight, I think. I believe that. Well, Imperial Milkstad, is that traditional? Not really, no. Yeah, okay. Okay, so let's get one of these hoppy guys. I don't know. Uh, I guess we only have like one hoppy beer tonight. Maybe two. Let's do this Hudson River Valley one. Okay. So, so Michael we, sent us this one. We had uh, a Morphia before. Their other sour IPA mm-hmm. here. Uh, this is Mirror Shield. Uh, raw wheat, malted oat, milk sugar, light key puree. Oh, okay. Uh, chamomile and lavender. Oh, really? mosaic. 7% alcohol by volume. Chamomile, lavender, lychee, sour IPA. Yeah. It's getting pretty thick down there at the bottom mm-hmm. of the can. Yeah, we're getting that sort of uh, uh, frozen orange juice <laughs> thickness. All right. Okay, well. Yeah, there's is... a bit of stratification in that glass, isn't there? Like waves and wisps <laughs> of stuff. Hopefully it doesn't need a blendy blend. Greg, you probably heard me pouring it. I probably parted it out like eight, nine, yeah, eight or ten Jeff different Jeff doesn't really want to do a blendy blend because Jeff is a little, little, bit, of a, uh, little bit of a bug. Yeah, I, don't, so, I doubt I'm contagious anymore, but to me it's been well over a week. All right, so this thing pours exactly like you'd expect a hazy IPA to be. This is a sour hazy, so. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it looks like that, looks like orange juice. Uh, it's got, well, maybe paler straw than orange juice, but in terms of it, its body, Looks like orange juice. The aroma on this thing is very potent. You're getting grapefruit. You're, the, I think the leche or lychee uh, kind of comes through as well. There's a, a bit of probably pineapple in there as well, but the grapefruit juice is really it's it's more like cracked open a can of grapefruit juice mm-hmm. than almost any time I say grapefruit or grapefruit juice. I'm looking for the chamomile and lavender. I guess they're there, but I'm having. Yeah, well, at least they're not overpowering, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, they're there in the flavor. Yeah. Um, that lychee's really good. The lychee's really good. The the, the chamomile is interesting. It takes it... Um, it takes it in this almost cinnamony direction, right? The chamomile and lavender, mm-hmm. I think, is, is, is what's doing that. Um... They they cut. Well, let me let me. Hmm. Yeah, 
it starts to go grapefruity and then it's cut with this with that mm-hmm. like chamomile thing. Okay. Um yeah, like it, this is this is well put together. The flavors really work well together. I am this you know what that that reminds me of almost horchata. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time like thinking like exactly like you know, you can say lychee, leche, but you know, most people probably don't have a good recollection mm. of what that tastes like. I mean, when you taste it, you're like, "Oh yeah, that's it." But it's kind of it's kind of pineapple, or at least how it's appearing in here without the other sour mm-hmm. stuff. It's coming across kind of pineapple, but not Okay, so let's take pineapple and add your horchata. So like a milky cinnamony thing, mm-hmm. pineapple, right? That's kind of I wasn't really getting horchata. Until I started trying to figure out how was the pineapple different. Right. Oh, it's different because it's <laughs> like mostly pineapple juice with like a little dose of horchata in there. Um, not what I expected. No. Not particularly sour. I mean, tart, but not There's sour. Tart, yeah. This um, is very good. There's not often where you see an ingredient list like that mm-hmm. and it's this well integrated. Yeah. The the spices are perfect. They're 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 just playing their role. They're not standing out front. They're not standing off to the side screaming, which happens too often. It's really interesting because this is like a very well put together dish. Like um, like I could see like a dessert tasting like this. Some some oh yeah, well done dessert at a restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a fruit tart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is Mirror Shield from yeah, Huntsville Mirror Shield from Valley. Valley. That is pretty awesome. We've had uh, so many sour IPAs from them, and they've all been decent. Uh, but I don't think too many of them have been like noteworthy. This is the first one that to to jump out and say, "Here's some new flavors." Yeah, I mean, I think some of them we liked, but you know, that's one of the reasons that this has been sitting in the fridge for a while. It's like, oh, it's it's another sour IPA mm-hmm. from Hudson River Valley, which they've always been good. But it seemed like we had pretty much tasted that right wine. No, we haven't. So that's awesome. It's very exciting when you think you know what you're getting, and then they surprise you. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, it, it, so the interesting thing is, of course, this doesn't make it a go-to beer, right? Like, if, if they had this available... <laughs> Does it really make it an IPA either? Like, what's <laughs> IPA in here? I guess the abundance of mosaic. I guess, yeah. But if it if it doesn't come across in any way IPA-like... But you brewed it like an IPA. You know, do you still well, call it an IPA? It, see, it doesn't. So the the tartness and stuff is not coming from lactic acid. It's not a sour mash. Hmm. Well, it's fruit acid mm-hmm. part of it. And then maybe it is kind of citric flavors from hops as well. That's pretty good, Hudson River Valley. Or if it is a sour mash, it's really well Hudson Hudson Valley. I thought there was a river in their name. Hudson Valley Brewery. Hmm. 
just it's just really fun to drink. Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty awesome. So at the same time, I say when I say it's not like you wouldn't have a, a go to. It's also something that I would, I would like to have another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would for sure drink three of these at the mm-hmm. bar for sure. Um, it's pretty unique. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> nice. All right, what's next? Let's do the Dank Project from the Cumbra. Was it Cumbra? Cumbra, La Cumbra. So this is uh, I got this in Arizona. <coughs> this is part. This is Project Dank. <clears throat> Seven point five percent alcohol by volume. IBUs a lot. Ooh, it's yeah. a lot, a lot. Uh, grains, they say, varies, but generally a combination of Canadian Superior Pale Malt and some non-caramel specialty malts such as Vienna, Munich, Melanoidin, Honey Malts, and the like. Does it say on the back what, what, uh, if there's any information there? It's uh, the Winter Edition. It's an experimental India Pale Ale. It's independent. And it's Arizona beer. Uh, hops, they say, varies, but generally a combination of Chinook, CTZ, Simcoe, Mosaic, Citra, Sorachi, Ace. Oh, it's crafted by solar. You must use solar credits or something, or have solar on the plant. Meridian and a host of Southern Hemisphere varieties. The yeast, Chico Ale. Mm. So they're going with, um, what do we call it? Uh... Oh, that's what we should do. We should go find some of the uh, re- resilient spears. The... So Sierra Nevada put out a recipe that thousands of breweries oh yeah for the campfire. You know that was one of the ones that um, uh, was at the brewery I went to. They had that on tap. Okay, I didn't have it. I wonder how many like are on the shelves right now. I know East End just released it. There was like two weeks ago. So this was for those who aren't aware, the same recipe being by a bunch of different breweries. And the proceeds go to people displaced by the fire. All right, so this is the winter edition of Project Dank. The beer has a light haze to it, a fogginess, if you will. It's not murky. It has a nice head. The head's still there, even through our chit-chat. <laughs> The reason why I bought this was the best buy date was March 13th. Okay. It was made in December 13th. So, cool. Pretty fresh when I bought it. I'd say dank describes the aroma on that. It seems like it's a dank, but it's also kind of a tropical pine, like a pineapple y type thing as well. Mm-hmm. Each recipe is different, featuring different hops and hopping techniques. One thing will remain common in all caps here hop insanity. Go crazy, don't mind if I do. (laughs) The malt's kind of coming through in the aroma, too. You can kind of Mm. see, like, the color kind of indicates that there's, like, some caramel malt in there. And uh, you can kind of smell kind of a little bit of bread crustiness or something on the nose.
Okay, on to the flavor. It's a little hazy, right? Did we mention that? Yeah. It's not, not a hazy IPA, but it's not uh, crisp yeah. and clear. It, it's, it's not murky, right? It's just kind of hazy in a historical sense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Tastes Chinooky. That's kind of what's coming to mind. It's got this uh, piney thing going on. There's a, softer, there's a softer edge to it, right? There's this... Um, it actually has some of the flavors that hazies do have. Like there's a, like a almost like that softer, creamy feel on your tongue. Almost a bit creamsicle. There's um, some tropical things coming in there. There's like a little bit of papaya or something like that. I guess maybe I'm mostly tasting this Chinook, though. It's mostly attacking me with bitterness. Um, in, a, in a way that's not unagreeable. It's mm-hmm. just that, you know, I, I feel more hit by those stronger uh, resiny notes than, than other okay. ones. I see what you're saying about those other potentially tropical flavors being there. I feel like they're really... Covered and overwhelmed by the resiny ones. Hmm. Uh, you know, I feel the different. I feel differently. I feel like they're kind of keeping pace or even slightly ahead of of the more traditional ones. And it's a neat combination, right? Because I do taste kind of the more traditional flavors in there, but they're almost playing a supporting role to almost almost a almost a co-star because it has a really good blend to it, right? It, it's not straight up. Like phase three, it's not callback to phase one. It's it's and it's not really like this. It's well integrated, right? It, to me, it's it's almost something different, something I haven't tasted before. Not on the same page on this one. No, um, maybe I'm more sensitive to these uh, resiny hops, but they really are overwhelming the flavor for me. Okay. I, I would I would normally blend my beer with you right now, but let's wait another week before we start doing that. It's fine with me. I mean, you did a good job of mixing. Yeah, them, so. it shouldn't be stratified. I'm, I'm like parting them out five five you know five times in each glass. Like I said, I think I I taste what you're getting at, but okay. to me, it's just yeah, maybe it just be personal preference, yeah. or you know, maybe my tongue is like still a little bit tasting. That could be the case, right? If you have just come off of having something. It does affect the way you taste things. Yeah. No, it's uh, I'm digging this uh, Lacumbra, but Greg does not. Our rankings are not going to match this show. <laughs> Did not pour it out. I just washed it up. For those who are wondering, and here the dump bucket in use. Yeah. Um. All right, what's next? Let's do this boulevard that you brought back. Bulu. Wheat beer with pineapple and coconut. Also, it's Tech 9 on it. I don't know what that means. Uh, I guess it's a, it's a band, I suppose. Because in 1989, Boulevard Brewing Company released its first beer. Shortly thereafter, Tech 9 began his musical career. Oh, okay. And the I in 9 is, is the number 9. 
Alright, so what this is like a wheat beer with pineapple, pineapple and cocoa nut. 5.5% alcohol by volume, 10 IBUs. I smell the coconut already. It smells kind of like a pina colada from here. It does seem weird to say IBUs, but they say IBUs with an S. Of course, it says international bittering units. Mm-hmm. So IBUs, international bittering units. Okay. Well, all we know is a wheat beer with pineapple and coconut. There's yep. a lot of big shaving creamy head. Wheat beer type type flavor. It looks um like a heffa, a little more orange than normal maybe. That's interesting. I'm getting a big coconut aroma, but then I'm getting like a spicy hop like a zots or something like that. At least that's what I thought. Like a peppery thing, like. I don't see any, they don't have any information here about what's in the beer, unfortunately. Uh, Another big uh, haze, I mean, you'd expect a weed beer to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. American. I mean, imagine a Heffa, right? Or American yeah. weed, wheat beer. So it's on par. Like I said, it's just a little bit darker, a little bit more orange than what you might think. It's an interesting change after the red <laughs> Yeah, that's a big coconut flavor. It kind of does have kind of a cocktail type flavor to it. Yeah, it has a Okay, I'm starting to get okay. The, the coconut's well done. The coconut gives you nuance. It changes as you go through the flavor. Mm-hmm. If you, as you go through the taste. The very first thing I got was kind of like sweet and mm, wasn't sure. Then it evolves and it gets kind of toastier. And yeah, the coconut goes like, I think you're right. The coconut goes through levels. And was it last week that we had the coconut thing that tastes like coconut water and it was yeah. just too much for me? No, this one goes through a lot more. Mm-hmm. Pineapple goes well with it. Was it to me? It just, those things don't pair well normally, but in this in this beer they do. It's funny because one of my favorite like, oh, you want to get drunk drinks <laughs> is get some coconut rum, pineapple juice, mix that together and put in a little cranberry juice on top of it. You won't taste any alcohol. And it, <laughs> it's it tastes kind of like this. Not not as much nuance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you right. know, very simple, mm-hmm. but it really works. Um, I was, I think that this, like, the very first thing, it feels like, no, that's way too sweet. And then it really kind of dimensionalizes as it goes along. So you like pina coladas? Yeah. The first thing you're like, oh, this is going to be like a bad pina colada. And you're like, oh, this is like a really well done pina colada. (laughs) Oh, it's like a pina colada. It's a little bit like, I mean, I'm not a huge cocktail fan. I don't know like all the names, mm-hmm. right? But there's something that's more sours and pineapple forward. You know, there's, um, this is a lot better than I thought it would be. <laughs> this was one that uh, I would not have picked up 
had it not had a date on it that was reasonable. Because uh, there were other things that were interesting mm-hmm. to me, but they had no right. dates, or the dates were really bad. There was one that was from like March of the oh last year. It's like, no, oof. this. I'm glad you got this because I mean, this is just this is just like you know shredding preconceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, just it's a really yeah. good cocktail beer. Yeah, like, I mentioned that I wasn't going to pick it up because. Look at what you can get by picking yeah. stuff up that yeah. you, you wouldn't have picked I mean, up otherwise. Don't don't expect this to be in a classic style in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. This is a cocktail beer. But this is a good cocktail mm-hmm. beer. Uh not on the same level as the mirror shield, but definitely in the same kind yeah. of interesting flavors that you haven't expected uh before. Yeah, I, I saw. Here's a revel. Uh, I don't know if it's a revelation, but you know, co- the notion of cocktail beers, right? Like this one is easily a cocktail beer because it kind of has a sour's mm-hmm. type of flavor to it, and has coconut, and it's so relative to so many different cocktails. But like, like a lot of the beers we're seeing these days, like all the New England IPAs and stuff, like is that like a just a a cousinly offshoot of cocktail beers? You know, I don't know. You give me an inquisitive look. There. I'm, I'm, are you suggesting that New England IPAs are, are a cousin of, of cocktail uh, beers? Um, like how they, how they provide. I, so I guess not. Right, cocktails are you know just kind of uh, a mixture of different ingredients to provide a flavor, right? Yeah, and they're so... they're 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 meant to be uh, sources of interesting flavors that carry with them alcohol um right but you know they're also to some degree not i mean not not classy cocktails but to some degree they're just kind of to to carry the alcohol like without the flavors and stuff well, and 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 i don't i wouldn't consider making, the, I mean, is making beer less beery that's not a cocktail, a cocktail thing. Thing. that's okay. that's a that's a Chaser, or, or yeah, it's a mixer, mixer, mixer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. a cocktail is is right. Is crafted. If okay, you will. It, it's right. it's designed for a okay. purpose. Yeah, okay, and maybe maybe the fact of mixing or constructing a cocktail breaks my my, my premise here. You know, from the, the other side is just like you know, how do you make beer less beery? Well, you can do this with it. But New England IPAs are less beery too, right? I wonder if there's a a tie there. I, well, when you say less beery, I I know, I know. No, I well, let me complete my thought before okay. you immediately. Okay. <laughs> think I know you know when I, when you say less beery, what I think of is somebody who says to themselves, "Oh, I you know, oh that just tastes like beer when they drink something," uh, and. I don't I think, think a person who who would have that in mind would taste this and say, "Oh, that doesn't taste like beer." They would still say it tastes like beer. Right. They would get other flavors. I think there maybe is a little bit different angle here, which I'm not sure I've appreciated much. But you know, think about the person who might have one IPA, but might have four, three or four New England IPAs or three or four cocktails because it's less beery, right? They're still a beer person, mm-hmm. but maybe they just once you know like this is more in their wheelhouse right uh, so it could be a it could be a thing that you know it's not it's not either or 
but it's more I, of a marketing. I don't want to put this. A... I don't want to put this beer in a box that says, "Oh, if you're looking for something less beery," because I think that this is more than that. This is not no, something I, I, that's there no, for you. people who aren't into beer. Right? This is this no, is th- a... no. This is this is for me too. This is for me too. I'd have another one of these. Mm-hmm. Would I drink more beer in a session if, you know, this was something I could go to, you know, at, at some point in that session? You know, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's mix, it's, it's less, this is less beery. This is less traditional flavors that you would get from a beer right. and more look at the experimentation you can do by playing around. I'm, I'm sure there's a few people screaming at me, Jeff, how can you say anything is less beery? Beer is so many things. I, yes, I agree with you. I'm kind of doing a devil's advocate thing well, here. Well, the thing is that uh, this is less Project Dang. This is less yeah. what Lacumbra was doing and more what Hudson Valley was doing. Sure. Um, the Lacumbra was interesting. I mean, you know, they're playing with, with, with different hops and stuff and they're going, but yeah. traditional. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, of not just the 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 flavors but the texture and the yeah, um right. mm-hmm. you know the even so far as the yeast and stuff that's being used right. whereas here with with the boulevard and and with the mirror shield you're going much more into like playing with everything yes. there not just yes. a flavor profile right yeah would you call the mirror shield a cocktail um, it's less, uh, uh, it, it's, so the thing about the miracle is it's, th- this one tastes more closer to some of the flavors you'd, you'd get in some cocktails. Yes. Uh, but in terms of, of what's happening, I would say they're, they're playing in the same field. They are. They're definitely playing in the same, they're using... Using the same rules, mm-hmm. right? They're 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 not saying any. They're using uh, similar tactics. Yeah, I agree with you. This one is well. This one has a sour's type flavor to it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh yeah, this is a cocktail beer. The Mirror Shield didn't necessarily have a sour's flavor to it, but I mean, it had three ingredients that weren't traditional beer ingredients in it. You know, it had a tartness to it. You know, it had. I, I my gut would say no, but now the 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 mood I'm in right now, I'd say that was a cocktail beer too. I I, I wouldn't be opposed to putting it in that in, in that have that qualifier to it, but I, mm-hmm. I think that only in, in the sense of um, additional qualifier as opposed to putting as opposed yeah. to knocking into. Uh... I'll tell you what though, I was not expecting to love a pineapple coconut wheat beer. And I think I love this pineapple coconut wheat. You look at that and you don't think, you think, okay, that's going to be something that's, all right, they're they're, they're playing, but it, you don't think they're playing, you don't think it's going to be something that, that you're going to like they're playing. Yeah. You just think it's going to be, you, you're making a Lego thing that is going to be dumb. Mm-hmm. But no. It's really, really <laughs> good. Should you fill me up with some water, please? Yes, I would love to give you some more water. I would love to have you give me some more water. I'd love that you love have me give you more water. You know where you can get water? 
Fill me with tap. You know where we can get everything else? <laughs> Craftyradio.com slash Amazon. That's right. Buy all of your stuff. If you listen to the pre-show, you know I bought a lot of spices. Guess where they came from? Craftyradio.com slash Amazon. And, uh... Yeah, there's it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Look, uh... I'm not going to try to defend Jeff Bezos to you. Hey, he needs more money. He yes. lost half of it. So support Jeff Bezos, but not as much as going to Amazon.com. If you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, mm-hmm. you can support Jeff Bezos in his half value, half the value you used to have. But, you know, he doesn't Poor need guy. Yeah, he doesn't need all of it. So how about six, six and a half percent of that comes to us? I think that's a good deal. It's a great deal. So go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Thanks, everybody. For everything but water. You probably buy water there, too. I'm sure you could. All right. What? Do you want the sour or the imperial milk stout? Let's go with the imperial milk stout. All right. So this was uh, Kalkermind. Uh Gave me the other, the other tombstone. Remember, we had a tombstone... Uh, Last week, so we're gonna see if uh, they can improve. Dun, dun, dun. This is twelve point five percent alcohol by volume. Uh, poured pretty thick. Poured thick. So a couple things about this: the outside of the can is sticky, and it was kind of squeezy, so it wasn't under great pressure. So the bill, the beer is kind of on the still side as mm. well. Smells okay. Yeah, so don't far. smell anything. Smells good so far. What, like uh, nail polishy or something, which I would expect from a, from a beer that's going. Yeah, be. I mean the thing I'm smelling right now is um, roastiness, kind of a sweet roast, almost a touch of soy sauce, a little bit of. Um... <coughs> Sorry, a little, uh, a little like charcoaly, a little bit. No charcoaly. You can you can tell that it's a milk stout from the aroma too. You can kind of smell the kind of sweet linger lactose thing that's in there, or at least how it plays with the malts. It's a lot of roast um, on the flavor. A lot of uh, yeah. It's kind of like a lot, a lot, a lot, like burnt. Mm-hmm. Or a milk stout would typically like kind of. No, so if you think of a traditional milk stout, I haven't had McKesson's in a very, very long time. Probably at least 10 years. Uh, But, you know, this is kind of, I feel more like a McKesson's where instead of just being kind of cocoa and milky and things like that, McKesson's is kind of ashy like this as well. And the milk kind of gives it a balance. Yeah, it's so roasty; it needs that milk. Yeah. If it didn't, it didn't have the milk yeah. to give it that sweetness. Then, then the roastiness would really take over, and it would feel kind of almost drying, like like you were sucking on a a, a, um, a coal from. Mm-hmm. I said McKesson. Yeah. I think Mackesson is probably a better way to pronounce it. But I, I think you know. Let's give this a couple sips. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe since we're coming off of you know. I think coming off of a bitters type flavor, you know, that kind of tangy thing, that'll make, what that'll do is that'll make the ashiness here even more apparent, Mm -hmm. right? So let's go through a couple tastes and sips here and see if the thing comes around a bit. 
Um, despite the, it's not flat, right? I mean, there, there's there's it's enough lightly carbonated, but yeah, the, like I said, the can was kind of squishy, but you know, for it almost it almost has a cask beer type feel to it. Yeah, so it's it's good. It, there's, it's not too flat. Um, very smooth, very viscous. Mm-hmm. It has these qualities down. It, it's oh, you know what I, I think the ashiness. I'm getting used to it. It's, it's not as apparent now. Yeah, it, it was a difference from from the the, the sweeter uh, pineapple mm-hmm. and, and coconut. All right, so now when I'm tasting it, it's it's really come into its own. I think I think I'm enjoying this quite a bit. So now when I'm tasting it, you know I'm getting more cocoa flavors, less ashy, less burnt. I'm getting goes into a sweet, so it kind of has kind of a cocoa quick type flavor to it in there. Um but a like yoo-hoo. not straight up chocolate. Yeah, there's a little bit of Yoohoo or Cocoa Quick or mm-hmm. something like that. Um you know I'm not expecting this one's gonna open too many more facets. Or a breakfast right? cereal. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe like cereal milk, right? Like mm-hmm. you you're done with your Count Chocula and you're drinking the milk. Maybe it's a little bit like that too. Um, twelve point five percent doesn't taste like it. Wow, that's sneaky. No, it hides the booziness. How do you not taste any booziness at twelve and a half percent? I don't know. That's a, uh, I, I am skeptical. I think that's a misprint as opposed to that actually being that alcoholic. Uh. Good for them for uh Well they do say you'll have a hard time believing that this ale is as strong as it is. That's marketing <laughs> speak that is spot on. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it, it got so much better after those first couple sips. Yeah, this is good we just beer. had to adapt to, mm. to the flavors. Um but once we did, it it uh uh-huh. If the last one was a swing and a miss, this is this is a good this is a contact oh, hit. This this yeah. is a this is a double loop. I mean, for a milk stout, for an imperial milk stout. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't know if I could ask for anything more. I mean, I could I could ask to be wowed by some yeah, intangible, yeah. but I mean, this guy is, you know, he's checking all the boxes. It's yeah, it's not. A, I wouldn't say it's a it's it's not like a home run, but it's a stand up double. It's a real. Well, that's confident it. yeah i mean that's what you're paying them for right yeah it's so i mean yeah i think you know you're getting what you're what you're expecting out of the spirits it's not going to give you the intangible it's not going to give you like a 10 facets to explore while you're tasting it but you know as long as you're not coming off of whiskey sour before you drink it uh i think you'll dig it well you know tombstone you did it Good job, guys. All right, final beer. It's a beer that we I just picked up this week at Whole Foods. Um, Strange Roots. That's the brewery that used to be Dry Log. And uh, I don't know. I, I probably bought this one because of the name. It's Ragnarok. And it is a... Why, uh, so so other, so it's the Norse end of world. Yeah. That's Ragnarok. Is that yeah. why you, do you just... I just like the name. All right. 
Maybe it's because Thor Ragnarok, they had Led Zeppelin as like the main song, uh-huh. like immigrant song, right? And they're, you know, maybe that's why I liked it. Right? <laughs> I really, the Zeppelin, who knows? Uh, 8.8% out of my volume. They call it equal parts strong ale, Scottish ale, and Viking metal concert. Okay. Put that up to the microphone and see if you can hear any. Uh... It comes with the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> go with. Has a bunch of berries in it, right? Like elderberries and to say, fermented uh, with elderberries, black. I can't. Uh, my eyes are too uh, bad. <laughs> fermented with elderberries, black currants. I like that. Uh, red raspberries and black cherry juice. There you go. So yeah, we got a bunch of fruity, fruity fruits in here. I'm glad you still got your eyes, Greg. I'm. I'm really happy. I'm, I know it's going to hit like <laughs> someday it's going to be like that. Yeah, so like this is gray on black and I don't know. It just, it's a shame. Like it's blurry here. It's like, hmm. damn it. <laughs> my, my prescription has always been bad. I don't care about having bad eyes. But like not being able to see far and not being able to see near at the same time. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. So is the world just like. A blurry haze like i don't like i no i mean i get my, my prescription's been pretty good but like it depends on the contrast right like that the contrast on that wasn't so good so that was a little bit hard to read in, in this light i mean it's, it's so weird because i never you know i never had that experience i haven't lived with that oh so you i don't... should you should live a day in my shoes with that <laughs> contacts out i mean i because I, I, i've like tried people's glasses on and it the everything's all weird and shaped weird and I'm stuff. I'm sure we can do that, like, with your VR headset, as we could give you, like, myopia. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But like That'd I said... pretty cool, like, give you my prescription, mm-hmm. give you a negative eight and a half diopters, where your far point is, um, like, 13 centimeters. So anything farther than this you can't focus on? Wow. And by this, I'm like, it's my thumb and my index finger kind of stretched out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, when I'm on my phone, my contact shot, I hold it right here. Huh. So when I have to do like face ID, I have to hold it out here for face That's ID. That's a little too close for me. I mean, no, but that my contacts are out. That's too close for me. I can't. I can't, I can't hold that close when I have my prescription in. That's like, I need I'm... to get to about here before I can really resolve. If I'm like here, I have to really work at it. I have to lean back. Yeah. So that's too close. No, I can't. So like. I can't focus on this. I definitely like right now when the contacts in, it starts coming to focus right here. Huh. So Jeff's holding his holding his arm right, almost all almost the way. arm's length. Now if I'm my contacts out, I'd be holding it right here. Which is very like about about ten centimeters from yeah. my face. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Alright. I'm not getting a lot of aroma, which is unfortunate because I was expecting a lot. Getting the Scottish ale part of what they described in the aroma. I'm getting, getting a little bit of a current thing. There's a little bit of some kind of berry or, or fruit in there. Um, the malts, the Scottish ale is winning, right? So you're kind of getting this kind of bread pudding, toffee thing going on. So the color is a lot like the KMF, right? It, it's yeah. this uh, darker... It's kind of like a yeah, a Flanders brown, Flanders mm-hmm. red type of color to it. 
So it's unfortunate that I'm smelling this and like I'm thinking about the KMF from, from last week. <coughs> and uh, yeah, hopefully the uh, which reminds me, I'm gonna bring this right. back to you. That's just the the stopper because I took the KMF bottle mm-hmm. uh, last week and uh, oh that was good. <laughs> oh boy, who doggy. I think this does have some of the similar aromas to that. Um, I agree with you. The aroma on this guy is not nearly as open as it should be for what the beer promises to be. Okay, it opens up more in the flavor. Has a Flandersy Red type thing going on there. It has, um, hmm, getting some... Tobacco, playing in with the berries, got the elderberry, got the current kind of raspberry thing. It's a little tart, like a late, late, late top mm-hmm. of your throat. Like the fruit tartness kind of almost makes me want to cough a little bit, but <laughs> just that first sip. It has a lot of... Um, I do oh. like how it has that tobacco flavor in there, like pipe tobacco. We mentioned that in the KMF too, didn't we? Yeah, but the KMF was a lot more. Yeah, well, for sure. I'm not saying this is the same level. There's a lot going on in the KMF. This is fine. The the berries are coming through nicely. It's it's a lot. It it reminds me of like like a juice cocktail in terms of the berries that are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, like cranberry juice mostly, but other juices are yeah. in there. It's got a tartness to it. The the other flavors, those darker flavors, those really interesting flavors that were coming through the KMF aren't aren't here. Uh, it's more berry forward. It does taste like a dry log, though. I get, you know, it's like kind of developed. Mm-hmm. Could be a little bit more developed. Yeah, I mean. One of the differences between this, I'm just going to compare it to the KMF all day because well, I, mean, I think it's, it's close, but you can tell that the flavors here are coming from the berries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the KMF, all that was just coming from the various different yeasts and stuff. There was nothing. No, I think if they were both were equally delicious, I don't think that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's the reason. You don't like this. I think the main reason is it's not as good. It's not as delicious. It's not that I don't like it. It's just it's not... I'm saying... Yeah. But but telling the flavors came from the berries would not matter to, to you if this beer was better than KMF. Right. Yeah, no. Or equal. You know, like... Mm-hmm. And so because that it's lesser, it doesn't matter that the flavor came from the berries. It's just... It's a way to get those kinds of flavors. I, I, while that's true, I think there is a... There's there's a clearness to me that adjuncts were used in this, whereas there's a clearness to me in the, in the KMF that they weren't. Um, whether that's a, a kind of a thing where you sort of notice the taste of, of the fruit skins in there, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, it could be. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to say that, you know, I am, I am A-OK with getting to the flavors However, you need to get to them. I'm pulling out the mirror shield and the mm-hmm. Tech Nine um, right now. It's like you're not going to penalize these guys because no. of fruits, right? And 
Maybe maybe if it's poorly used fruit. I'm not saying I don't think I wouldn't say the strange roots, right? It, no, it, this is fruit. this is not me dissing the strange roots as mm-hmm. much as it is me lifted explaining how much awesomer the KMF mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Uh right. I don't think it's awesomer because they, they were able to do those flavors with no fruit. I think it's it's awesome not it's not of, that they were yeah. able to do them, but it it's that you don't even taste some of the things that you can taste or you know hear like you you can you get those flavors and you don't get the the things that i wouldn't say drag this down it's not that it's dragging this down Mm -hmm. but it's there's a noticeable thing in here that that they come from the fruits which is fine but it means that it's going to be really the the beer is sort of focused on those fruits as opposed to having Mm -hmm. those flavors but also having a bunch of other ones yeah no okay there's the point right the point is that the spotlight is shining on the fruits. I get your point. I'm not sure if I agree necessarily because I think the tobacco flavor that's in here is really interesting. It's like a bit of a pipe tobacco thing. It's playing well. The Scottish Ale thing's in there as well. The last sip I had was probably my favorite sip. Uh, second to last in the gla- my glass here. Um, it's winning me over slowly. Is it is it as good as um, is it going to rank well tonight? Probably not, but it's winning me over because this turned into a pretty delicious show. Yeah, no, there there's, there was some. I I didn't necessarily like. Uh, it was fine, but it wasn't great. One beer for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a beer that you liked, so. Right. But yeah, that everything else was. It was good, real good. I think it's time to get on to the rankings then. Are you ready to mm-hmm. go? In last place, I'm going to put La Cumbra. Because I just kind of tasted the... So all these beers had other things going for them. Is that right? I'm asking Greg if I predicted his order. No. Okay. It's not right. All right. Uh, Falkenberg goes in last place. To me, it's like uh, that that Chinook resiny thing is strong for me. And it was overwhelming the other things that were happening there. So, eh, it's not a bad beer. It, it It was the most... Beery <laughs> of these beers. <laughs> That's a true statement. Oh, I, well, maybe the Doppelbach. I mean, the Doppelbach was beery uh, too. Yes, right? the yeah. Doppelbach was very beery. Uh, it was not uh, not the thing that that um, that blew me away or anything. In fifth place. In fifth place. I'm going to put the tombstone. Uh, I, I actually gonna drink more of it. I think it was really good. Um, no, no losers here tonight. Uh, even with the lacumbra, no, no real losers. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, especially how much it hid that twelve point five percent. It overcame the a, a large. Um, a real, a real heavy thing that we had against it because of what happened last year, yeah. last week, um, with, with the tombstone. So, 
so good on them. In so th- this is going to surprise you, I think. In in fourth place, they're going to put the Twenty Rock. Okay. Uh, probably. I'm surprised Ragnarok is elevating. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I didn't. I liked Ragnarok a lot. I remember, I was comparing it to KMF, one of the, one of my favorite right. beers oh, ever made. Maybe that's the how I got the wrong. <laughs> okay, so that's my problem, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize you were comparing it to God, right? <laughs> I thought you were comparing it to a mortal, and that's why I thought. It was... Yeah. <laughs> so really, the only thing is, I just like the other beers better. Uh, I, th- I thought the Stroud was really good and, and mm-hmm. still really good, but uh, the other ones had a lot going for me. Here is where I'm going to put the Ragnarok. Uh, this is um, the the difference here is that these two were exceptional. Everything else was really good, mm-hmm. uh, and the Strange Roots is you know lies in, in, in a really good, and I really liked it a lot. Uh, but the best of the good, best of the good, best of the good. But then we have. A, a whole new like genre, almost. These like, guys are pro. Yeah, yeah. They, they here's the miners. <laughs> here's the show, uh, and the show comes down to between uh, the Boulevard and uh, the Hudson, and the Hudson wins. I think just by like. By a length, <laughs> <laughs> they're really close. I think that the the horchata thing is is slightly more interesting to me than the the pineapple coconut thing, but only just. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So that's my ranking. My ranking is kind of it's it's very like your ranking could be my ranking. Because for me, the bottom four are almost just a toss-up, right? Whatever order you want to put those in, <laughs> that's fine. Because the Lacumbra, your least favorite beer, right? You know, you said there was no losers, right? But your yeah. least favorite. Mm-hmm. I really liked what this did with a, an amazingly unique, for me, interplay between phase one and phase three hops. I've never had them melded together like that. It was a... A wonder of integration. Mm-hmm. The I'm going to talk about the merits of each beer before I come into the <laughs> my, so I can convince myself from mm-hmm. the order. The tombstone. It first couple sips had a huge penalty because of the order of flight, but once we got our palate scrubbed, I thought, like I said, this is you couldn't ask for, you shouldn't expect more out of an imperial milk stout. You could ask for intangibles that make it amazing to move it up to the pros. But he's, like you said, he's the he's the Kirby Puckett, right? He's the guy that um, comes into work every day, last guy to get off the practice field. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it was, right? He was yeah. delivering on all mm-hmm. the things you expect him to do. The 20 Rock, uh, we, you know, we had this one in the pre-show last week. Like, holy crap, that's really good. Let's put on the show. It'll rank well. If anything, it's probably hard luck loser tonight because of the show being so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his ranking when I do these when I sort this out is going to be lower than he deserves. 
the Roots, Ra Strange Roots Ragnarok. I had to grow into this one. Like at first, maybe it was Flight Again. Maybe it was just not being tuned into the fruit usage of the fruit. I mean, the first couple sips, the Scottish Ale was noteworthy, and I liked it more than I normally like kind of Scottish Ale notes. But now, to me, it's more integrated. So that guy elevated as I drank him too. So out of those four, I don't know. I, I mean, this is almost a, like a take my pass for the year type night. Um, really take your pass for the year. You sure you want to do it? I don't. I'm not going to take it, but it's almost, almost. It's within a few percent of taking, a few tenths of a percent of taking my pass. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. I think, like I said, it's basically a toss-up. I'm going to put the Tombstone in last place. I'm going to put the 20 Rock in fifth place. The Dank Project in fourth place. Strangers in third place. Now we got the two pros, the two rock stars. We got the Mirror Pond from Hudson River, Hudson Valley, and Boulevard's Tech Nine. It's the it's not Tech Nine. It's oh, it's Bulu. Yeah. Bulu from Tech with collaboration with Tech Nine. I don't know. Um, the the complex beer lover in me says, "Oh, it's got to be the Mirror Pond." gotta be the mirror pond it's sour beer tart had all kinds of great integration to it it's and then mirror there's pond. Uh, mirror shield mirror, mirror shield, shield. Yeah. yes i think mirror i made shield. that mistake too mirror shield yeah and then there's the beer's beer man just drink what you like and that that bulu is really good for being a not beery beer um which one would you have, would you rather have another one of? Both, man, both. I'm gonna have to put the Hudson Valley in first place. Um, so those top two match your rankings there. Um, man, they were both awesome, 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 awesome. Yes, <laughs> the inside joke that two people on Earth get, <laughs> Greg and I. We'll talk about that in the post show. Awesome. Um, yeah, what a show, man. Good beers abound. Not bad, right? Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really do appreciate you taking time to turn in. Tune, tune in. Make your, uh, make a turn when he's going the distance. Tune in. Tune, in. tune your dial to yes. Craft Beer Radio. Exactly. We should broadcast a show. Like, you should set up a pirate radio station and broadcast it. <laughs> Can you build that with your uh, with your printer? <laughs> no, I need like a software-defined radio or something like that. Uh, thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. And we'll be back again next week. No trophy, no flowers, no flashbulbs, no wine. He's haunted by 